Welcome to NSCA's Coaching Podcast, episode 67. Well, the, the grind is standing in front of 100 people and you're the only person leading the group and you've got nobody helping you and you need to figure out how to get these 100 people on the same page. This is the NSCA's Coaching Podcast, where we talk to strength and conditioning coaches about what you really need to know but probably didn't learn in school. There's strength and conditioning and then there's everything else. Welcome to the NSCA Coaching Podcast. I am Scott Caulfield and excited today with my good friend, Andrea Hootie, Assistant Athletic Director for Sports Performance at the University of Kansas. Coach, Rock welcome Chalk. to the show, Rock Chalk. I, uh, I feel like I'm an um, unofficial Jayhawk. You're official Jayhawk. Official, cool. Yeah. You, I you have it. good gear. I do. I have more <laughs> KU gear than probably most people that haven't <laughs> gone to KU, I would bet, or that aren't. Uh, actively going to games. <laughs> you have official locker room gear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I appreciate every every bit of it. Thanks again. Um, so cool we are. We're here at the NSA National Conference 2019. You got a little speaking gig going on. You snuck away. Are you guys kind of busy right now? Are you training? And um, yeah, it's been have? a busy summer for sure. We have all of our athletes uh, on campus training, uh, men's and women's basketball. Uh, football is training in their facility and then there, there have been a lot of voluntary workouts going on so okay. there's a lot of softball tennis baseball every sport nice um, and I know that you know you guys have been in the news a lot lately so since this is a hot topic maybe we can tee that up first but yeah. Uh, maybe talk about the transition that is happening at KU um, you know and I know that you and Zach the director of football have you know, are, are big supporters of it. And, and so I, I think it's great. And I think it's great for the profession. Yeah, it doesn't, it hasn't changed what we do on a right. daily operational basis. We're still um, plugging forward with um, our philosophies and safety protocols yeah. that, you know, um, so it was kind of, can't say, I, you know, uh, it, it was kind of an easy transition in terms of how our philosophy is and safety first and right. health and wellness of our student athletes. Yeah. And you didn't really, yeah, you didn't really change a whole lot. Um, so what's the official kind of, uh, I guess, lack of a better word, title or, you know, you guys are basically moving under more of a medical model or, you know, what would you... Yeah, so the there's um, there's four different entities there um, and they've formed Kansas Team Health. Okay. So Lawrence Memorial Hospital and some of the Kansas uh, hospital systems, KU Med yeah. hospital systems formed um, Kansas Team Health. So, okay. so the athletic department and what we're doing there falls under that. Got it. Well, and I think that's good. Um, you know, and what you mentioned is not going to change anything because th it's funny. The first thing uh, that I hear of people criticizing it, right, when they hear that, um, is they say, oh, the, the doctors can't check over my strength program, right? And, uh, and well, I don't know. think, and I don't, <laughs> I didn't assume that would ever happen. Like, and I don't think any medical doctor wants to be responsible for the Kansas men's basketball program either, right? Well, like, you know, <laughs> it, it's, it, we've, Ever since I started this in 1995 at the University of Connecticut, we were always affiliated in working with sports medicine and doing the right things with having good relationships with the athletic trainers, the nutritionists, the people that, <laughs> the recovery people, the people that we needed to. And it all fell under um, sports medicine in a way. We didn't fall under sports med, but we worked with them and it was a collaborative effort. Um, so the same leadership that was at Connecticut 
went to Kansas. So it's such an easy transition. And for 25 years, I've worked with orthopedic doctors, um, general practitioners, you know. So we've always worked with them. And to get somebody's uh, opinion on an exercise and just say, hey, is this safe? Is it not? Is it going to hurt the kid? Is it going to hurt the athlete more? I I think it's a great thing. Right, right. Yeah, I, I think and, and the doctors they they don't know you know how much what periodization is or right. when to prescribe yeah. exercise or whatever. So yeah. they understand that they're they have an expertise that we have an expertise, and it's just people working together. Yeah, no, that's such a great clarification too. So, um, do you do you think this is uh, gonna create a snowball effect, or you know, uh, is it gonna be few and far between? Do you have any thoughts about where where that might go? Uh, I don't know where it'll go. Um, a lot of people don't have access to medical centers or right. don't have medical yeah. schools at their at the university. Right. So um, I think it'd be hard. But you know what? What we can do is set up a framework of policies and procedures and yeah. how we operate, and people could model that. Yeah, no, that's a great point. And you guys, I mean, speaking of that, you've you guys have been, you know, at especially at your time at KU, you know. I don't know if pioneers is the right word, but leading the, you know, leading the field from the front, you know, the amount of technology that you're incorporating into like daily training and everything has yeah. grown and morphed. I mean, I remember from the, you know, the first time I went to visit you guys and you had one force plate and now there's six, right? Yeah. And I mean, so yeah. maybe talk a little bit about how that's kind of come along and been implemented and been sold, uh, you know, to athletic administrators who had to sign off on the yeah the and it's checks, all right? it's all been based on um us trying to be the best and offer the best service and sell the best program to our athletes to our coaches to our alumni to to everybody that is involved in the program and um as long as we can um prove and show that yeah well, this is what we want and this is what we want to do with it um you know we have to prove it first. Right, 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 right. <laughs> and then uh, as long as it's showing results, which we're not a time-based organization, we're results-based. So yeah. as long as we're showing results and um, performance is increasing and injury risks are going down and student-athlete health and well-being is at the forefront, I think we're doing a good job. Yeah, that's really cool. No, and you guys are definitely at the forefront. It's, it's awesome. Um, and you've tied into, you know, you have a great long time NSCA person like Dr. Andy Fry, but you've, you've really tapped into, you know, the expertise and the utilization of his knowledge and exercise science. Yeah, he's great. He's a coach at heart, right? you know, so he likes coming over and we have good talks and we share great ideas and he brings questions to us and we take questions to him and I feel like we get better together. That's really great. Yeah. I mean, the collaborative approach is such a huge asset because... I think sometimes it's easy to get, you know, stuck in your day-to-day life or, you know, your silo on campus. And, you know, there's some, you know, you talk to coaches and they're like, oh, well, you know, we've, we've only met the basketball guys once or twice, right? Or whatever yeah. it is. But people get and again, busy. Yeah, and yeah. It, it's a business, yeah. right? People, yeah. that, I just finished my yeah. MBA and right. we have to sell it. We have to sell our program. We have yeah. to sell what we do and how we do it. We have to show results. We have to prove what we're doing to people around us yeah. and do it in the most professional way so people have buy-in. Yeah. No, that's so great. Um, 
you've seen a lot of change over your career, you know. Um, maybe tell us a little bit about, too, I think people who don't know you as well as I do or haven't heard you speak before, you know, you were an athlete in college and you had injuries and then that's kind of what led you into the strength and conditioning field. But maybe yeah. tell that story for us too. Yeah, you know, I grew up in the era of uh, outwork everybody and more is better. Yeah. And um, I was hurt when I was 14 and never, I mean, that was the peak of my career, yeah. right? <laughs> 14. <laughs> uh, no, it wasn't the peak of my <laughs> career. But I, that was probably the peak of my athleticism, Yeah. you know, yeah. and then yeah. I went and played volleyball at Maryland, but um, I was always hurt. And that injury led to other injuries and it just kept stacking up and stacking up. And then I went and worked at UConn where, you know, the one, as a younger coach, the one way that you could prove yourself as a coach is to get involved. And um, you had to win. You know, there was, (laughs) you couldn't stop. (laughs) Um, I remember there were times where, you know, we're, we're running and I was like, holy cow, you know, you see the light. And thank gosh we're beyond those days. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah. And it's just, you know, overdoing it is a, has been probably my problem. <laughs> That's my Achilles heel. <laughs> not, to not knowing when to stop, say yeah. when. Um, well, and, you know, you had a great mentor, uh, Jerry Martin, who's passed on. And I had Roger Marandino on the show, too. You guys were there kind of at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. How How... How were those early years, you know, um, and, and compared to how far we've come now? Um, exercise selection is the same. I think yeah. the approach is a little bit different in terms of um, when to dose, or we do low. Uh, we operate on the lowest dose of medicine or exercise yeah. for optimal results. Right. So, what what's the lowest thing that we could have the maximum effect with? Yeah. Um, and making sure the athlete feels good and they want to compete and they want to lift and they want to run and they want to come into the weight room. And, you know, you don't want people dragging into the weight room every day. Um, I want to feel good as an athlete, even as an older athlete, I want to feel good because it, it, it's terrible when you right. feel bad. Right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we try to do lowest dose and create a lot of mobility with the movement um, when needed yeah. and but then also on the other hand create a lot of strength when needed in some athletes yeah. well and at the same time you guys have, you've you know you've kind of adapted into this micro dosing um, but also training more often right so you guys train every day yeah you know you train before practice after practice yeah it's, it's part of our practice it, culture yeah. so uh, practice we we weight lift or if you want to call it that i call it the body shop depending on what what somebody needs to make them feel good um uh every day we see them for you know depending on the time of year it could be 20 minutes it could be 45 minutes so um it happens before practice so we can stimulate them and get them ready for practice and sometimes we have to offset what's going on on the court because some guys are so good at what they do. Right. Um, and then sometimes we have to build that performance aspect in the athletes that um, aren't as athletic or reactive for basketball. Yeah, yeah. I, what is it that uh, my buddy Lauren Lando says, you know, that we give them doses of venom to prevent them from snake bites. Right? Yeah, that's kind yeah. Of the analogy. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you're building resilience. And, yeah. Um, yeah, so we do like the micro dosing, undulating, non unplanned, nonlinear periodization. It's crazy. <laughs> it's <a mouthful>. <laughs> <laughs> right. Say that three times really fast. I know. 
um, you've had a, you know, obviously you've been a head coach for a long time now. You've had a lot of assistants, um, and a lot of assistants go on to bigger and better things. Um, are there co- some kind of common key traits or key factors you would say that you've seen across the board in those people that you've hired and have then yeah, now gone it, on to bigger and better things? It's uh, It goes back to that Carnegie study, which is uh, success is based on 85% interpersonal skills and 15% specific skills. So can you interact and can you read the temperature of a room? Do you have an emotional intelligence to figure things out? Yeah. You know, yeah, when yeah. to speak, when not to. Right. Now, we all make mistakes. Sure. But can you get better? Yeah. No, I've, I've talked about emotional intelligence a lot and there's so many it's it's so much the the biggest picture of our of this job or it, you know and it's not just strength coaches right it's any kind of coach it doesn't matter well and I, I think are. we as a, as a profession have to adapt to so many different cultures so you, yeah. we're working with every culture right. and then you're working not with just the sport team cultures and the coaches but then you got the athletic trainers you got the doctors you got the administrators the yeah. admin or academic so it's like you have to be able to stand up in every room that right. you're in convey a message sell what you're doing but also be a great resource for those people too so um i think the days of uh strength coach you know sitting in their office and just doing weight training i I think those days are soon to be passed yeah Yeah, yeah. you have to have other skill sets 100 percent. yeah you've got to be more valuable than that no Mm -hmm. those um i know um you know, from being out at KU again this year for your annual conference there, um, getting to hear Bill Self speak, you know, and he kind of talks about, the, you know, when he hired you, and, and it's almost like the, you know, Boyd with the one guy gets slower, you're fired kind of story, except to a different level, you know, being a female, you were, you were you know, kind of, he was like, well, wait a minute, you know, we're, oh, yeah. we're going to look at this female for this job, you know, maybe tell that story, because I think it's just so great because and now he you know you're his right hand basically (laughs) so yeah he uh when i came out on my interview he didn't even want to interview me the ad brought me out and he looked at me in the face and said i don't want to hire a woman how am i going to recruit you know (laughs) you know i don't just hang out in the weight room and the weight room's my classroom so i'm sure that you've had a female teacher you know so we teach we teach movement and um, we do it in a positive manner where people enjoy it and they get better again it's results because i don't want to waste anybody's time Uh, time is precious right and time is value and uh I just again, I don't know who ever said that a weight training program has to be an hour. Right. right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we can get some work done, a lot of work done in season in 25 minutes. Yeah. And how did you build that relationship with him? Uh, you know, obviously you impressed him enough in that interview to get hired, but you know, probably you know, you guys weren't BFFs, right? At that point, no, it's like he's no. still going to be a little BFFs, sus- you know? skeptical. You know? <laughs> Absolutely, I think it's great because uh, you know um, he still challenges me. Yeah. You know, we challenge each other. Um, he's been in the weight room, I think, maybe once or twice in <laughs> 15 years since <laughs> you. So um, it's it's I have to go and I have to create and cultivate that relationship. Now, the first couple of years, was it hard? Yeah. The first four years at Kansas were hard because, yeah. you know, we were sharing a weight room with football and 
um, you, you know, it was tough. The schedule was tough, and I have to, I have to develop results. And you know, it, it was just a shared weight room as it still is. But now we have a little bit more control over the scheduling and how we operate. Yeah. Um, and how long were you there? You guys won the national championship in '08, right? Yeah. So, so that was my fourth year there. Fourth year there. Yeah. yeah okay. Cool. Yeah. And was that a big, like? game changer for you guys i mean obviously it's a big deal uh but yeah, does that create more uh well does it create more scrutiny or does it create that's what more, i think you, you know, know it doesn't get easier yeah i, yeah, I yeah. told coach this summer i'm like you know the, the thing is i feel like i'm always trying to prove myself we're always trying to get better and maybe you know maybe that's how i see it yeah. i don't know how other people see it right but i see it as we have to get better um in whatever way uh, and we uh, we have to be challenged, and every year's different. Yeah. Every athlete's different, yeah. so um, we always have to be on our toes and being challenged for sure. Yeah. Um, and going back to the like clinic stuff, um, you know, obviously you've been a huge proponent, supporter of continuing education. Uh, super involved in the NSCA for a long time. I think that actually, if I recall correctly. That's where we first met in, I think it was 2010, maybe 2009 or 10. We were both on um, a committee together that was like the strategic planning, and we were both out at the headquarters. I think it was before I worked there. That, that was a while just, ago. Yeah, it was a long time ago. Um, <laughs> We're old is what we just said. But <laughs> I can't even remember the committees, all the committees that yeah, I've been on for yeah, the NSCA. Yeah. Do you remember, like, I mean, obviously coming in under Jerry Martin, you're involved in the NSCA right from the start. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. yeah, maybe talk a little bit about, you know, some of the involvement and why that's important. Yeah, you know, you, you asked me the question earlier about Jerry and Roger, and that was 1995, and they welcomed me with open arms. Um, and Jerry was, um, you know, uh, pretty edgy with how he was doing things. So he knew he had to hire a female (laughs) and there were a couple females out there strength and conditioning, um, beforehand. And I think he saw the value in that and he sought out a female and I was crazy enough to, uh, accept his invite to be (laughs) on staff with, uh, with Roger and, and Jerry and Mike Hooker. Um, so there were there were three GAs and a full time guy. We had seven hundred athletes. I wow. think there were twenty eight teams. So you talk about reps on reps yeah. on reps. Uh, we started at six o'clock in the morning and didn't end till six p.m. And yeah. there were teams in every hour on the hour. And it was a two twenty one hundred square foot weight room. Wow. <laughs> so you talk about the reps that we had yeah. to build. The, yeah. Those are the coaches that I want. The people yeah. that have this solid group of or solid base of working with anyone. Yeah. Yeah. And we were, I was talking to somebody about this yesterday, actually, and we were talking about, uh, coaching the Ivy league and just because we had so many teams yeah. and, and that you just, it's such a great experience that you really wish everybody could have that. Oh, I want everybody to, right? have that. to have multiple sports and be back to back. And uh, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know that I really feel that everybody has to, um, you know, have this like um, badge of honor that you 
you know, have to grind and have to work all these hours. But at the same time, I don't, I think you get so much better from having to sacrifice a little and having yeah. to know what it's like to work six to six. <coughs> and, you know, you get a break to train and eat, you yeah. know, but like yeah. you are coaching. That well, the, the grind is standing in front of a hundred people and you're the only person leading the group and you got yeah. nobody helping you. Right. And right. you need to figure out how to get these hundred yeah. people on the same page. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and do everything exactly the way that you want them to, to do it, whether, yeah, and that's a grind. Right. right. Because I, I do it to interns now. If, if a camp comes into the weight room and yep. there's 100 kids there, I'm like, you ready? You want to take it? Take the lead? And I want somebody to say, yeah. Yeah, I got this. But most yeah. of them say no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But that's what my coaches did to me yeah, in, in, totally. in college. It was like, yeah. well, no, Baco, you want to be a coach? Let's go. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> you can't just stand in the back. Yeah, no, that's such a great experience. I mean, you know, to, and sometimes you do. You know, obviously, if you get thrown into the fire like that, maybe it's just the warm-up or whatever, right? I mean, even if you screw it up, like you said, we make mistakes. I mean, it's probably not going to be that bad. Right? No, it's not going to be that bad, but you feel bad about it, right? right? And then right. you just get better. Yeah. But that's where failure, you know, turn it into a success and yeah. figure out how to how to own the room. My, yeah. be- my best coaching story, right? I was in college and my coach said, hey, Hootie, you got to go do Girl Scout camp. And I was like, what? A Girl Scout camp? Okay, I'll go to Well, there was a coach in front of me that was a college athlete. Okay. And she was trying to lead the group, and I was, like, falling asleep in the back, you know? And I was like, well, I, I don't want that. I right. don't I don't want to be that person that nobody's listening to. Now, these are seven-year-old girls, yeah. right? And they're just <laughs> not engaged at all. Yeah. So the, one of my best coaching lessons didn't even have to do with <laughs> athletics. It was right. Girl Scouts. Right. right. So right. I had to go and own the room, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. with a hundred little seven-year-olds. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so can you do that? Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. I mean, I coached basketball before I got into strength and conditioning forever. My first job out of high school was at a basketball camp in Montclair, New Jersey. And, and uh, you know, that two summers of just coaching, running, running the basketball camp. And, like, I coached freshman boys basketball and JV girls basketball. I mean, I coached everybody under the sun. And I think all of those experiences helped me immensely when it transitioned yeah. to strength and conditioning because like i yeah like you're saying i can handle this dude i had a group of like 20 kindergartners at a basketball <laughs> camp that could give <laughs> two you know what's about basketball <laughs> and they're, they're tearing up the wall and playing tag and <laughs> that's like, where you turn it into a relay race <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> but 100 percent when you get you know when you go from that you're like oh man but we that's where that's where a PE, a phys ed background, yeah, or an totally. educational background helps. Yeah, time 100%. on task. Yeah. Pedagogy and that experience for sure. Um, you've been involved in like you know obviously women's committees and stuff like that, and uh, obviously there are definitely far more females now than there have ever been. But still, you know, it's still a pretty small percentage. Uh, are, you know, are we seen that growing? Is, you know, what what else is there that can be done? Uh, to, or, you know, is there anything that isn't being done that could be that? Uh, to well, again, that? I, 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 yeah, I, I, the the biggest stat that I know is in women's United States women's national teams fighting it right, right now. Yeah, is that women are paid eighty cents on the dollar that men are just, yeah, yeah. and it doesn't even matter what the qualifications are. Right. 
Um, until that gets corrected, I, I think that speaks volumes. Yeah. It really does. Because it's discouraging. Right. But are you willing to fight? Right, right, right. Or are you just going to give up and yeah. move on to something else, yeah. right? Yeah. No, I definitely, I think that the U.S. soccer is going to have their hands full to, to make this right. You it know? should be right. It should be. There's there's like no question, and especially because the men's team isn't even any good. <laughs> you said it. <laughs> I said it. Sorry. <laughs> I said it. I'm going to have the soccer haters coming after me. <laughs> um, yeah, and so you guys uh, are talking, you and Phil, Wagner from Sparta are talking uh, at this conference. What are you guys going to talk about here? Um, you know, I, I think Phil, where he is, is a medical doctor, ex-strength coach, looking at um, exercises, medicine, and dosage, and um, what exercises are best for what person, um, and what he's seen with um, exercise response uh, with force production. Um that some exercises aren't, you know, the squat. It's not good for everybody. Right. right. <laughs> I mean, it's just as simple as that. Yeah. yeah. And Doc Stone uh, doesn't listen to this. Don't worry. He doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> but split squats are, are good. Yeah. You know, yeah. a split squat is good for our basketball players where a back squat might not be great for some of sure. them. Sure. Um, because uh, we need to promote mobility. Yeah. You know, so... Um, do we squat our guys? Yeah, everybody squats. But yeah. there are certain times when split squat's a better option. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, you know, exercise selection. And, yeah. again, I, I think exercises haven't changed. The selection of when and how have, yeah. for sure, for yeah. me. Definitely. No, that's a good point. Do you think that um, comes with, obviously, experience? In, in um, experience, but also the data that Phil has yeah, provided. Yeah. Nice. I mean, it's right there. Right, right. Can't argue it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. No, that's huge. I mean, just the amount of data that you can support your program with right now yeah. to also help you as a strength coach and help you with administrators or whoever sport coach is. Yeah. yeah. Well, the one thing that we can is, is prove that what we're doing, the athletes getting better with, yeah. you know, our elite form data and um, prove that they're either more powerful or healthier with our Sparta data. So. Yeah. Um, and some of this stuff, too, I know, uh, you know, is obviously in your book, Power Positions, right? Mm -hmm. uh, what, what it's an old book you, now. Old, Can you believe I know, that? What, what made you, <laughs> what's sparked you to decide to write a book and you know how hard or easy was that oh, it was really hard it's yeah. still hard i'd like to yeah. go back and redo it yeah. you know because yeah. some of the things that have changed right um but what started it was everybody asking for a program and yeah. you can't just yeah. hand somebody a program right. so then right. i was like right. okay well we need to try to understand why yeah. uh and the concepts behind why you're doing certain exercises or what what's good for some person isn't great for everyone yeah. um body typing's huge with that um uh energy systems are huge in that so yeah. it, it was just hey here's a simple you know for it was basically designed for a high school coach to say hey here's a simple program depending on what your athlete look like looks like let's do this program yeah. you know yeah. um and had you started like writing some of that stuff out and you kind of had this assembled and then you were like oh you know what 
I've, I've kind of got this bookshelf. Like, I could do this. Um, you know? I had uh, probably a 400-page document okay. that uh, I was working with a publishing company in uh, New York City, and we decided just to go different ways because yeah. they didn't like the way I wanted to go. Okay. But I did my own way anyway and yeah. self-published. Nice. Um, so. Yeah, and you mentioned... Um, the MBA. Yeah. You just finished that, right? Yeah. 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 So what what spurred you to go to back to school and get an MBA? I wish I would have um I wish I would have had the MBA experience before the yeah. book, okay. but I think the book sparked interest in business and, yeah. and how to get that done more efficiently. Yeah. Uh obviously it's beneficial to you. Do, do you think and I know a few strength coaches actually who have MBAs, you know, do mm-hmm. you think that's a pretty valuable skill set to, to pick up on. You know. Well, um, I think I wanted to pick up on it, too, because there are different income streams um, other than just coaching. Sure. Right. Our conference, yeah. a book, yeah. clinics. Yeah. Um, I do some expert witness work, too. Right. So it's right. like, well, how do you organize all that yeah. income yeah, yeah. and make sure you're doing the right thing? Yeah. 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 Um, you know, paying yeah. your taxes. Like that. <laughs> that's, a little, that's important. Uh, no, that's a good point, too. Yeah, you mentioned the conference. Conference has been awesome. I think, you know, I've either been to everyone or almost everyone since 2011 that I've been at NSCA. Fortunate enough to speak a couple times. How, um, why did you, why did you guys start doing that? And, you know, what's the evolution of it? I know it's grown and with the business school now, it's in such an awesome venue you guys have yeah, to utilize. Yeah, yeah. it's great. Um, I think our first one, it might have been in 08 or 09. Okay. I don't remember. Um, but I wanted to show off, I wanted to showcase our facility yeah. to the community. Yeah. So it was an organic kind of deal that uh, I thought that maybe we could get a couple people to come in, check out, check out our facility and see what uh, sports performance and strength conditioning and the holistic approach to it um, should be like. And uh, I think we had like 68 or 70 people the first year and then it's grown to 320 Yeah. Um, in a one-day conference. Right, right. And this uh, past year, that was the biggest one. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, you know, again, what's cool is the it's community sponsorship. So yeah. the only way that we can really do it is by getting sponsorships because we only charge a hundred dollars right. and right. then you can see some great international speakers. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it, it's awesome because it, what started as a community event is it's being returned to the community and it's, um, we're, we're able to do that because of our sponsorships yeah. within the community. Yeah. So it's, it's, cool. it's definitely one of my favorite events of the year, especially cause Usually I can just go hang out and I don't have to Thank actually you. do anything. Like, I yeah, do hey, how about I got <laughs> we we ask for feedback, you know, from the speakers to lunch to how can we be better because yeah. we want that. Yeah. Sometimes it hurts, but it's good right. critical feedback. Right. Somebody said that lunch was too fancy. <laughs> <laughs> I was well, like, man, first, I nutrition yeah. is a priority here. <laughs> That's great. So we had, yeah, we had a pretty elaborate lunch, yeah, and somebody got criticized for it being too fancy. Wow, we can't please all the people all the time. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Next year, we're going back to protein bars <laughs> and peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Sorry, too fancy. <laughs> too fancy. That's that's a first. Wow. Um, 
But no, yeah, you brought you bring in the really big names. Um, you've got multiple. Tra- it's almost like a, it's kind of like a real like a, like a snapshot of a national conference. Yeah. You know, one day. Yeah. You know. Quick well, hitter. that's uh, that's what we would like it to be. Yeah. You know, and again, I, I you know, people hear the University of Kansas and they're like, Kansas, where's that? Right. You know. Right. <laughs> Uh, but when they get there, it's. Uh, I always say I work at Disneyland. Yeah, know? it's yeah, the cleanest yeah. place on earth. Yep. Everybody's friendly. Yeah. And we have a lot of space. Yeah, yeah, that's great. <laughs> uh, that is. I tell you what, that's a great. That's a great example or, or a great description of it. Uh, I love going to visit there. It is like the, the mecca of strength and conditioning. If you. You know, the the time I went to a home basketball game, I was getting goosebumps from the like one, that that video they play in the beginning. It's wild. Like you did, it doesn't get old. Special, either. yeah. Yeah, it yeah, does yeah. not get old. Uh, so, conference uh, is going on again next year. Yeah, do it. Yeah. yeah. So second Friday in May, basically. I think it's May eighth. May eighth. Yeah. Cool. So everybody that's listening, make sure you put that on your calendar. Um, pick up andrea's book power positions uh if there's if anybody which i know everybody is going to want to and they don't know how to get in the hold of you uh is there a good email. way to connect with yeah. you email yep. you know i'm older so i'm terrible at uh, the messaging on social <laughs> yeah, media because yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you don't know who people are right and you right, don't know yeah. how what angle they're going to take yeah you yeah, know yeah. whether they're just trying to you know throw a line out and yeah. So email is the best way for yeah. me. All right. Well, we'll put all that in the show notes. Uh, definitely you can follow her on Instagram and Twitter, though. She's on there. And, you know, if you're interested, again, be, in on, the, be on the lookout for uh, 2020 Midwest Sports Performance Conference at University of Kansas. It is. It's one of the best conferences. It's fun. It's There's, it's a, there's great lunch. Yeah. <laughs> There's great uh, dinners the night before. Great dinners the night before. Great social, social after. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. It's awesome. And well, I again, love the campus. I, I yeah. mean, I feel like I'm an honorary Jayhawk. I joke around all the we time. Sure but, uh, yeah. It's such a great place to visit if you've never been there because it, it, that is the epitome of collegiate sports. Well, what know? we wanted to was, you know, do you come to a national conference and sometimes it's, you know, you're not comfortable, yeah, right? right? And you don't know where to go, to, right. who to talk to, but the one thing that we wanted to create was everybody's welcome in the yeah. door you can talk to anybody and yeah. we we take care of our speakers our presenters the sponsors yeah. take care of them and it, it's um it, it's it should be comfortable yeah that's awesome well i'm looking forward to next year it's on my calendar already. thank you <laughs> um, and this has been fantastic i know this is a national conference and you are so busy because you've got people that want to talk to you and we've had people jumping over here at the podcast booth while you're up here and <laughs> taking pictures and selfies with a, that we didn't even know about. No. Uh, but again, thanks so much for making the time and I appreciate you. you. Appreciate all your, all you do for the, org- for the organization, the NSCA profession, me personally well, as you well. Too. You're, yeah. you're a great ambassador. Thank you. I strive thanks. to be like you. <laughs> Ditto. Thanks a lot. <laughs> And a big thanks to our sponsor, Sorenex Exercise Equipment. We appreciate their support. And to all of you listening, we appreciate your support. Uh, Again, if you like the podcast, make sure that you subscribe wherever you download your podcast from. Write us a review and keep listening in. Look forward to talking with you all soon. Thanks. You often hear these podcasts recorded at NSCA conferences and events. Why not join us at the next one? You can get all the details on upcoming events at nsca.com slash events. 
This was the NSCA's Coaching Podcast. The National Strength and Conditioning Association was founded in 1978 by strength and conditioning coaches to share information, resources, and help advance the profession. Serving coaches for over 40 years, the NSCA is the trusted source for strength and conditioning professionals. Be sure to join us next time.